For somebody who's listening to this podcast today, what would you want them to take away from your story? For any person who does want to travel and who wants to do it solo and have been waiting on people to go with. I was that person probably three or four years ago and I finally get to a point where I turned 30, so you know, quarter life crisis, right? Congratulations. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have a bigger regret not doing this now. Like, while I have no family, like no kids, not saying that should hold you back. I know a lot of families that travel. So I just did it. That that regret alone, like knowing that would be a regret later, was big enough for me to just say, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to travel. I'm going to do it. Yes. Let's just and do it. this is why we're here. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Badassery in which we are telling travel stories from the field to help you be more inspired to live a little bit more of a badass life. It doesn't have to be about those huge moments. Sometimes it's just that 1% more badass. Super excited about today's guest who I think is a total badass. Katie Wine traveled through Mexico for, is it a year? Like five months, six months, five, six months. Yeah. She's sitting right behind me. She's also holding the camera. Yep. We're gonna dig into her story and understand some of the things that may have been a challenge for her along the way and her badass story. Let's dive in. This meeting is a long time in the making. Yes. I have been trying to meet you for a very long time. So actually, I learned something new today and we're traveling right now in Ocean Beach, San Diego and it's a beautiful evening. We're about to drone the sunset. And I just learned that when I first met you, you were in Guatemala, and this was at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. Where did you go right after Guatemala? And then how did you choose Mexico? Once the pandemic hit, when I was in Guatemala, it was like a, a crazy, ridiculous five, six day journey to get back home. And then I just stayed put mm -hmm. in Colorado. Yep. And I took on a nanny job. And then, you know, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I feel confident to try and do this again, try and start my Central America trip, and went back to Mexico, and I didn't intend to stay in Mexico that whole time. I intended to kind of go a similar route and go back down to Guatemala and, you know, all the other countries in Central America, but I started really enjoying it in Mexico. Actually, so, so. that's a really important thing, because she went into this trip with an original intention mm -hmm. that ended up not being the trip that you took in the right. end. So walk me through that. Like you went to Mexico and at what point in your journey were you like, I really like this. I'm going to stay here. And were you okay with that choice by the time you left the five or six months later? Definitely was okay with it. I, it is now my number one country. I would tell anyone to visit. Oh, wow. Which I never would thought it would be okay. because I know I shouldn't have probably felt this way in the beginning, but Growing up in Indiana, my an idea of traveling for most people that I knew in Indiana was you take a trip to Florida for spring break, <laughs> right? Or if you do go international, it's Mexico. So Mexico kind of mm -hmm. just had this bad connotation to it. Yeah. Like it wasn't really getting outside. It wasn't really exploring in my eyes, mm -hmm. like, you know, other countries in a big way. And... So I kind of just put Mexico as like, oh, well, you know, I'll hit up Mexico, but it's probably not going to be a place to where I want to stay. So maybe my expectations were really low. Mm -hmm. And I got there, I got to Tulum, 
met some really great people, had conversations, exchanged stories, and they started talking about different spots in Mexico they've mm-hmm. been to, like Palenque and San Cristobal. I was like, you know, these do feel like my kind of style, my kind of vibe of where I'd like to go. And, you know, you meet some people when you're in hostels and you just kind of go with the flow and you're like, all right, you're going to go to this town? I'm going to come with you. That sounds like a great time. Like, I want to check it out too. And Hold it, on. It, There's something really important that you're saying here that I think is a mindset of a true traveler, which is even though you may have had, like, pre-perceptions about Mexico before going, you still went there with an open mind. And while you were there, even though she may have had an end goal of getting to Central South America, you decided to be open to the idea of staying there. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you went with the flow. It wasn't like you heard these stories from other people and you're like, I don't know, and you kind of doubted it. Mm -hmm. You were open to listening and then you tried new places within Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, how many different places did you go to within Mexico? I have no idea. A a lot. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, I I started down in Tulum. I went up to Holbosch and Mm -hmm. then you know, eventually I made my way all the way up to Mexico City. Right. So I stopped at a lot of places along the way. I, I couldn't tell and you the And basically, right every single place she traveled to, I went there right after you went and <laughs> always missed you. And so now that we are both randomly in San Diego in Ocean Beach, now I finally get to meet you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, so one other thing, you were talking about Indiana in there, which, and this is just a perception from me, mm-hmm. is my guess is given they think you know, Mexico is the exotic destination and mm-hmm. Florida is the normal vacation. My guess is they are a, of a more conservative mindset. Is yeah, that a true statement? So. This Unless, is just not within, all, but right. Just within your, right. your circle of people who you're interacting with. When, when you decided to embark on this multi multi month trip in Mexico, what were some of the things that your network within Indiana or your network within your family and friends in the States, like, what were they saying to you? Were they, su- were, for example, were they supportive? I, I mean, I've always kind of been the oddball. They tolerate me, like my mom tolerates me. But, you know, I, when they when I told them I was going to Mexico, there was a lot of, well, Mexico's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's cartel there, and you need to be really, really careful. And I, I'm not going to lie, I let that get to my mind a little bit. So when I flew there, I felt like I was more on edge in some ways when I was in Mexico mm-hmm. City in Tulum. And, you know, I kind of started letting my guard down after a while because I, I don't think people realize how the locals in Mexico, people in Mexico are so, so friendly. Mm-hmm. Like they really, really, really are. And I think, you know, being back at home... You hear what people, are, your friends, your family say to you. You hear what the news says, and you develop this idea about what this place is. Yep. And I think that's why I love Mexico even more because it is so much better than what I think. I think a lot of people had a similar mindset before I went. Like mm-hmm. I thought Mexico was going to be really dangerous, which I'm not saying there aren't parts mm-hmm. that are, mm-hmm. but it has way more to offer than you'll ever imagine. And I I think people should give it a chance for sure. I think that goes back to this theme that we were hearing earlier, which is 
being open to the idea right. that it might not be yeah. what you expected and it might not be what everyone is saying it's going to be. And that was the little voice in the back of my mm -hmm. head too when I was going there. I was like, it can't be like what I'm imagining. And I'm gonna, a little story, when I was a kid, this is another reason why I had this kind of mindset that preconceived mindset that Mexico was bad a little bit, which it's not. But when I was a kid, we walked over the border to Mexico mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, my only experience in like schema for what Mexico is like was right when I walked over the border and it was mm -hmm. a pretty, you know, rough area. And I saw this grandmother holding a baby, begging for water. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing these two kids sleeping on a cardboard box, like on the side of the street. So I also had that kind of in the back of my head. And, but I, but I knew I was like this, this can't be all that Mexico like is like there's got to be more to it than what I'm just seeing right now and you know I don't want to not go you know explore this country and you know just knock it off because of something that it's I a don't know. singular I, I'm trying experience. To think about it. Yeah. It's a singular experience. Yes. It's a and singular I mean, experience. I understand that Mexico is a super teeny tiny country. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's freaking huge. It's humongous. huge. And just like with anything, right? Even sometimes, like when you meet someone for the first time, mm -hmm. you might not have gotten who that person is from that one instance, but yet right. you didn't knock them from that one mm -hmm. interaction. Yeah. And I think that's important because it's. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, no, I hate like I hate that place because I had that one bad right. experience. But it's like, yes, you may have that. But that doesn't count for the whole country. Right. Right. Like there's a lot of other places and a lot of other experiences. And you're only you're only holding yourself back from experiencing mm -hmm. something that could potentially be amazing mm -hmm. by by just giving a blanket statement to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Actually. Here's a side question. As you look back on your time in Mexico, and how long were you there for? Like, I think just a little over five months. Yeah. Is there like a single moment or a couple moments that stand out in your mind as being, as being a like, this is why I'm here? Ooh. Um, What's the first one that comes to mind when I ask that question? I think Palenque. Palenque is like this um it's a small town surrounded by jungle mm -hmm. and at the time it was more of just like a stepping stone to get to the next town mm -hmm. i didn't really expect to get much out of it just like when i initially went to mexico i guess and i think it was like the perfect little break that i needed from the craziness that was going on mm -hmm. in tulum and mm -hmm. holbosh and then before I went to, ended up being in San Cristobal in Puerto Escondido. Mm -hmm. And I just, I remember being at, I can't remember the place I stayed, but just at the hostel and I was just chilling there and we stayed in these little huts and at night you can hear the howler monkeys. Mm. And it was, it was just like, it was so cool. And then we went to this, we hitchhiked me and two other girls to a waterfall and just relaxed and chilled there all day. It's just like a nice 
relaxing. It like it was like, just what I needed. It was great. It I sounds like it. something you can just do in Indiana, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Jungle and everything. I there. love that. It's that <laughs> it's that experience where you're just so in it. Actually, hold on. You said something in there. Let's dive into this for a second. So you said that you hitchhiked. Yes. Somewhere. Yeah. I would say in this day and age, let's say I were to get out of this car in San Diego right now and hitchhike, I would say the majority of people think that would think that I'm a goner thereafter. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of hate for that. <laughs> let's talk about that. What kind of hate do you get about hitchhiking? And how does that, like, what do you do with that? They come from a place most of the time where they're just caring, like they want to mm -hmm. make sure you're being safe. But I also know, after being in Tulum, because I hitchhiked there too, after talking to a lot of travelers, I wouldn't do it if I had known, like, if, if I hadn't heard of anyone else doing it. And mm -hmm. it, it's a very common thing to do. In the places that I did it, it was very common to do. Like, yeah. I, when I did it in Tulum, um, a lot of the travelers talked about how they hitchhiked from the beach back to the hostel in town in Tulum. And we heard the same thing in Palenque from there to the waterfall. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that I know is like common and I've heard of other traveling travelers doing it, then I feel a lot more comfortable doing it. Plus I was with a couple other girls. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm hearing a few things in here, which I think are really important. Mm -hmm. One is, and when we're referencing this hate that Katie's getting, we're referring to you sharing things in your Instagram stories mm -hmm. and followers, friends, and family yeah. responding back, not necessarily in a go Katie kind of way, yeah. right? They're responding with concern. And um, we heard this in Stacy's podcast as well, which is the people who are looking out for you aren't necessarily saying like, uh-uh, like don't do that, you're not allowed, but they're simply based on what they know and yes. what they have experienced. Right with what they know about hitchhiking in Indiana, for example, mm -hmm. that it might not be the safest thing. Right. And so it's not like they're out to get you to stop you, but they're just looking out for you in a loving way that as the person who's out there doing it on your own mm -hmm. might feel like mm, you second guess yourself. Yeah. But the important part of your story is two things. One, you did it anyway, regardless. Mm -hmm. But the second part is you didn't just do it you were still utilizing the information that you knew around you mm -hmm. based off of what was common culture, what other people were doing and their experiences with it. And then you were making the decision that was the right one for you mm -hmm. and not the right one based off of what other people are expecting out of you. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, that's a badass because on a normal day, jumping into some random person's car could be potentially really scary. Mm -hmm. The last time I hitchhiked, I had a flat tire in Colombia, in Guatemala. I was at Lake Tikal, is that right? No, yeah. Lake Atitlan. Yes. I was at Lake okay. Atitlan. I was yeah. nowhere near where I started from on this mm -hmm. bike ride. Flat tire, obviously there's no bike shop, there's no bike shops. <laughs> yeah, I and so can I hitch imagine. <laughs> I hitchhiked and they're like, get in the back of the truck. And when I go to take the tarp, like move the tarp to get in, they're like, <laughs> 30 people oh, in this truck and I'm like okay and and 30 hands 30 sets of hands reached out grabbed yes. my bike car still moving grabbed me there's room for my bike it's on everyone's lap mm -hmm. and I am hanging off of the back holding on to the side of the truck having 
the time of yes. my life. Having the time of my yep. life. Those types of, like, when you're hitchhiking like that, feel free, yes. don't you? Yes, for sure. And, like, that's that's why you're here. Like, yeah. this is the experience that you're looking I love for. That. I love that for you. Right? I love hearing that. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah. Wind in your air. <laughs> wind in your air. Wind in your hair and just... <laughs> that feeling of freedom is yeah yeah you can't you can't beat that okay last question for you so we've heard a lot would you consider yourself a badass why or why not just because you called me a badass (laughs) I'll consider myself a badass um okay I don't know that's a hard question (laughs) like because I don't want to like you know like uh what's the word I'm looking for have a big inflated ego yeah exactly but I mean I do I think I'm more like other people than they realize and Mm. it is hard to put yourself out there like that yeah um and they're more capable of being a badass and doing the same thing too than they realize Mm um sure you know what why not I'm a badass you know what let me tell you why you're a badass and why I think you might not think you're a badass So the reason why I think Katie is a badass is because regardless of what other people say, you went out there and you rocked Mexico for a long time, Mm -hmm. often solo and just kind of flying by the seat of your pants wherever the wind took you, Mm -hmm. not wind in your air. (laughs) (laughs) I knew what you meant. They knew what you meant probably too. So, but that might not feel badass to you because you were with so many other people who were likely doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so relative to the people you were surrounding yourself by, you might not feel that badass because you've seen it done time and time again, potentially with other travelers right, who did yeah. it for twice the amount of time or oh, maybe yeah. hitchhike two more times a day than you did or yeah. something like that. And so badassery can often feel relative yeah. And so true. the question I have for all of you listening is strip away what you're used to seeing every single day. Ask yourself within something amazeballs that you have accomplished or did that day, big or small, mm-hmm. could it be badass regardless of what everyone else is doing? You are badass. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, you are too. Thank you for doing this with me. Yeah, of course. Okay, let's hug. It's going to be terrible <laughs> for the microphones. <laughs> And Katie, where can we find you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Katie underscore wine. And, and YouTube. All of that. Oh. Stop. Sorry. All of that will be in the show notes below. So make sure you check out Katie. Go forth. Be a badass. If you enjoyed this episode, tell us in the feedback section below. And we appreciate it. And we'll see y'all in the next adventure. Ciao. Bye.